Are you between a rock and a hard place? Are you not sure if you're a sinner or a saint? Do you think you've lost your salvation? Let me take you to the New King James Version. In the book of Matthew, chapter 18, verses 12 through 14, and Jesus says, What do you think if a man has a hundred sheep and one of them goes astray? Does he not leave the ninety-nine and go to the mountains to seek the one that is strained? And if he should find it, assuredly, I say to you, he rejoices more over that sheep than over the 99 that did not go astray. Welcome to Save the Lost at All Costs. Posted by Save the Lost at All Costs, Inc. Featuring your sister in Christ and humble servant of the Lord, Nina S. Griffin. Good afternoon. You're listening to Sister Nina S. Griffin, and we are on Save the Lost at All Costs. We're going to open up the phone lines right away. If you're local, you would dial 702-650-5588. If you are calling inside the local Las Vegas area, again, 702-650-5588. If you're calling outside the Las Vegas area, we do have a toll-free number for you. That number would be 800-366-8883. Again, 800-366-8883. These numbers are given out so you can join in on our discussion today. Uh, If you have a praise report, a prayer request, would like to say what the Lord is doing for you in your life, we'd love to hear from you. Amen. Also, we're being streamed live over the Internet on KKVV's website. We are audio and video streamed, and that web address would be www.kkvv.com. Hello and God bless. I just wave to you. Also, we're being streamed live over our website, which is Save the Loss at All Costs, and our website is www.savethelosslv.org. If you have missed any of our previous broadcasts, please go to our website. Again, that's www.savethelosslv.org. Look for the date that you missed, clicked onto it. Uh, you'll be blessed. The gospel is always free on our watch as the Spirit leads you. Amen. In addition to that, we are archived at um, iTunes. So, again, the gospel is free on our watch. You can find us on iTunes if you have an Apple device. We also have a number that you can dial on your cell phone to listen to KKVV anytime that you like, but especially today that we're on the radio, we'd love for you to join in. And that cell phone number is 563 999 3194. Again, that cell phone number, if you're in the United States, it works. If you're calling outside the United States, it will not work. That number is 563-999-3194. I really encourage you to lock that number in and you can listen to KKVV as the Spirit leads you and get blessed. Amen. So our topic today is four gardens. We're going to be talking about four gardens, and they appear in the Bible. And I want to share with you some scripture first, and then we'll get into the four gardens, because I'd like for you to open up your hearts and your mind to what the Word of God is saying, and you will find yourself at different places in your life at different times. And I'm hoping that this will encourage you, and I'm sure this message is for someone in particular. Amen? So let's get to it. I'm going to take you to Isaiah, and we're going to look at chapter 51, and we're going to look at verse 3. Again, I am going to take you to the book of Isaiah. We're looking at chapter 51, and we are going to look at verse 3. 
And I'll be working in the King James Version today. Uh, Brother Vernon is out on assignment. He's having a wonderful time, and we look forward to seeing him back. And we pray that uh, the angels guide him and give him much travel mercy in the name of Jesus. Amen. Now, again, Isaiah 51, verse 3. I'm coming out of the King James Version, and the Word of God says this. For the Lord shall comfort Zion. He will comfort all her waste places, and he will make her wilderness like Eden and her desert like the garden of the Lord. Joy and gladness shall be found therein, thanksgiving and the voice of melody. Wow. Garden. So like I said, keep your minds and hearts open and let's look at garden in the word of God. So the first garden most of us are familiar with would be the Garden of Eden. And we find that over in the first book of the Bible, which would be Genesis. So we're going to go over to Genesis chapter 2. And we're going to look at a few verses. And we're going to establish that uh, the Garden of Eden did exist. And we do know that everything in the Bible uh, was created by the Godhead, the Godhead being God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Amen. So we are looking at Genesis chapter 2, and I'm looking at verse 8. And the Word of God says this, And the Lord God planted a garden eastward in Eden, and therefore he put the man whom he had formed. I want to jump down to verse 15. And the word of God says this, And the Lord God took the man and put him into the Garden of Eden to dress it and to keep it. I'm going to jump down to verses 21 through 25. Again, I'm still in Genesis chapter 2 in the King James Version. And the word of God says this, verse 21, And the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam, and he slept. And he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh Instead thereof, 22, and the rib which the Lord God had taken from man made he a woman and brought her unto the man. 23, and Adam said, this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. 24, therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother and shall cleave unto his wife and they shall be one flesh. 25, and they were both naked, the man and his wife, and were not ashamed. So we see here that we establish uh, the first garden, which is the Garden of Eden. And in that, uh, man was placed to tend the garden. And in addition to that, um, Eve was created, and she was a woman, and she was Adam's wife. Now, this is where God created us as human beings to have fellowship with him and relationship. So Adam is the first son. So that's when we came uh, into existence, and Adam and Eve were the first now, when we go over to chapter 3 of Genesis, um, that's where the fall of man occurs. Um, Adam disobeyed God, and subsequently the ground was cursed, and Adam and Eve were banished out of the garden. So that's when we first lost our ability to have face-to-face contact with our Heavenly Father. Now, that's the first garden. 
Now we're going to go over to the second garden. The second garden appears in all four of the Gospels. And that would be the Garden of Gethsemane. And that is the garden where Jesus prayed. And he had taken um, three disciples with him. And he asked them to pray with him as well. Uh, but they fell asleep. But this is where uh, we are familiar with the term, the passion of the Christ. This is where it begins. Uh, Jesus prayed so fervently that he even produced blood uh, on his forehead, if you will. That's how much he was praying to the Father. This is where uh, it begins. So it appears in uh, Matthew 26, Mark 14, Luke 22, and John 18, where the second garden is established. So we'll go over to uh, the first uh, book of the gospel, and we'll go over to the book of Matthew, and uh, we'll see about the garden. Amen. So I'm turning over there. And again, we're going to go to Matthew 26. And I'm probably going to start about verse 36. And again, I'm in the King James Version. And our topic today is the four gardens. So, verse 36. Then cometh Jesus with them unto a place called Gethsemane, and saith unto the disciples, Sit here. Excuse me, sit ye here while I go and pray yonder. Okay, so that was the garden where he prayed. So that is the second garden. And now we're going to go over and we're going to uh, look at uh, the third garden. But Gethsemane uh, means uh, olive press. So if you could imagine... Olives produce oil, and oil is used for light, especially when it comes to lighting the temple. So if you can imagine, you know, Jesus is here, and it's, you know, the very life, his spirit is so grieved. And if you can imagine the pressing that is being done, and this is the time that, uh, you know, he struggles with, uh, you know, God's will versus uh, man's will. And this is something that we all have had to face. Uh, do we do our father's will or do we do our will? But being that he was so obedient and he knew that he had come to save all humanity and to fulfill the prophecy, he did what the Father had commanded him to do out of obedience and love. But it was just so grievous, you know, to him to feel the weight of what was to come. And that was to be able to pay with his blood for all sin that had ever been done throughout all humanity from the first Adam to the last soul on this earth, he was about to do the work. So just catch that in your spirit. The pressing of the oil, which is used to light the temple, 
the light, the pressing of the oil that is used to light the temple. You have to really, really catch that in your spirit. It is amazing. So now we are going to the third garden. And we're going to find that in the uh, Gospel of John. So let's look at the Gospel of John. And we're going to find that at about John 19. So let's look at John 19. And I'm going to be looking, I believe, around verse 41. Yes. And some of you are familiar with this particular place because it is known as Calvary. And also Golgotha. It's known as Golgotha as well. And there was a man who had a garden tomb. And this is the tomb that Jesus was laid into. And that is the third garden, which is the garden tomb. And there was a very uh, rich man that's name is Joseph. And he is Joseph Arimathea. So that is who he is. And he actually donated this garden tomb. And there had not been any bodies placed in it. Um, That's just how uh, new the tomb was. Because usually as a tradition, uh, you put family members in a tomb. And the Passover was approaching rapidly. And Jesus had to be you know, placed in a tomb. Because um, the Jews did not want this to uh, interfere with the Passover. Uh, imagine that. The lamb. The lamb. And they didn't want this particular work to interfere with that. Hmm. Imagine that. So again, we are in... Verse 41, we are in the book of John, chapter 19, and the word of God says this. Now in the place where he was crucified, there was a garden, and in the garden a new scepter, wherein was never man yet laid. Again, no one had ever laid in it, and it was very close to where Jesus had been crucified. So that would be the third garden. And then let's look at the fourth garden, and we'll start making some connections here. So we're going to go all the way to the last book of the Holy Scriptures, which would be the book of Revelation. So we're going to look at chapter 22, and we're going to read the first... um, Five verses of Revelation chapter 22. And again, I'm in the King James Version. And the word of God says this, verse 1. And he shewed me a pure river of water of life, clear as crystal proceeding out of the throne of God and of the Lamb. Two, in the midst of the street of it and on either side of the river was there the tree of life, 
which bare twelve manner of fruits and yielded her fruit every month. And the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. Three, and there shall be no more curse, but the throne of God and of the Lamb shall be in it, and his servants shall serve him. Four, and they shall see his face, and his name shall be in their foreheads. Five, and there shall be no night there, and they need no candle, neither light of the sun, for the Lord God giveth them light, and they shall reign forever and ever. Wow. So let's start looking at these four distinct gardens. Now, if we go back to Genesis, and we were in chapter 2, And we read uh, verse 8. We started off with that and then we went down to 15 and then we did 21 through 25. Now, when we go to verse 9 in Genesis chapter 2, and the word of God says this, again, I'm in the King James Version, and out of the ground made the Lord God to grow every tree that is pleasant to the sight and good for food, the tree of life also in the midst of the garden and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Now we just read the book of Revelation and we went to uh, chapter 22 and we see here where it talked about the tree of life. Now, the tree of life existed in Genesis, and here we see it on the last chapter, which is the 66th book of the Bible. The 66th book, not the last chapter. Let me correct myself. So the last book of the Bible, which is Revelation, and that's the 66th book of the Bible, we also see the tree of life. So when we look at verse 2 of Revelation 22, the word of God says this, In the midst of the street of it and on either side of the river was there the tree of life. And it says, which bare twelve manner of fruit and yielded her fruit every month. And the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. You have to see the number 12 in this. 12 being the 12 tribes. Now we know Abraham is the father of all nations. And out of Abraham, 12 tribes were established. So now we see which bear 12 manner of fruit. And yielded her fruit every month. And the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. You have got to get excited about that. This is all associated with the tree of life. And it says in verse 3. And there shall be no more curse. But the throne of God and of the Lamb shall be in it. And his servants shall serve him. Now we know 
And Genesis chapter 3 is where the fall of man occurred. And we know that the ground was cursed. So we see in chapter 3 of the book of Revelation chapter 22 that there's no more curse. And the thing is, is that it says... But the throne of God of the Lamb shall be in it, and his servants shall serve him. Well, Adam and Eve were banished from the garden. They were created to have fellowship with the Lord. But they weren't able to have fellowship because of the curse of their disobedience. That's when sin entered in. But you see, there's no more curse. And in the garden... Where the tree of life is, is where the throne of God, the Lamb of God will be. Well, Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, is the Lamb of God because he died for us. Amen. Look, it starts off with us being, wow, how is this ever going to work out for our good? It already worked out for our good. Because this was what was supposed to happen initially. God's plan does not change because we do things. He already had established it. And what he has established will come to pass. So look at that. Look at the correlation with the first tree and the fourth tree. Now, when we got to the second tree it's talking about jesenemy means olive press so there's a pressing at this particular time in reference to the oil and the oil which is used for the light Jesus is the light of the world and if we look back at Revelation chapter 22 and we look at verse Five, it says, and there shall be no night there, and they need no candle, neither light of the sun, for the Lord giveth them light, and they shall reign forever and ever. There's no need for us to have a lamp. There's no need for us to have the oil. There's no need for the sun. There's no need for the moon. Guess what? We're in fellowship with the light of the world. Just by his mere presence, it is light that never ends. There's no separation. There's no need for a day or for night. There's no need for oil. His throne is there and he's reigning. The work has been done. We have to be so encouraged when we look at these four gardens. And there's a time in your life where you will be pressed on all sides. But it will not kill you. You have what is already in you. To do his work. It's about relationship. The thing with Adam and Eve. Is that they were out of relationship. They were out of fellowship. God wasn't out of fellowship with him. 
or Eve. They were out of fellowship with him. But what he had established, it was always supposed to be like this that we see in the book of Revelation. Now, it's important that we get this in our spirit and understand about the third garden. But we're going to take a caller and then we're going to get back to it. Amen. Hello, you're on Save the Lost at All Costs, and God bless you. Oh, God bless you, my sister. You know what? You have got my juices just jumping <laughs> because uh, that analogy that you that you're doing is beautiful. And then you know about about the pressing and etc. Uh, uh, it's like the Jews used it for the priest, used it for all in the temple, yes, and they used it for cooking. Yes. Right. And then, and, and it's like the book of Revelation, where you were saying how the kingdom was going to come down there. And, but, and you know, that kingdom is, is, is for us believers, right? Amen. That's going to be ours. And then there's actually going to be natural people, which when the curse is gone, natural people that made it through is going to be living forever. Amen. And I'm like, wow, you know, and, and, and on the Garden of Gethsemane, and you know what I just discovered, too, of listening to the program in Israel, that the Garden of Gethsemane was right over from where Christ was crucified, and then that that mountain is Mount Moriah. It's, it's, it's what Abraham was going to follow before he put Isaac up there and how he recognized it, it had a, 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 a mountain over there. It was carved out some stones, looked like a skull. Mm-hmm. And then and Golgotha mm-hmm. is, is the place of the skulls, that same mountain where Christ was crucified mm-hmm. right over from Joseph of Arimathea's Right. And I'm like, you saying all that, I'm like, what? Let me get out the phone that you finish. <laughs> all right. Well, I appreciate you, and God bless you, and thank, thank you for your encouragement. And you okay. know I love you, right? Okay, love you too. All right, mm-hmm. bye-bye. Bye. Amen. So we appreciate the elder calling in and, and sharing that with us, and his encouragement is always uh, so encouraging to me. And I've been to Israel, and when you actually go uh, to uh, Jerusalem, you will see how close uh, the Mount of Olives is where the Garden of Gethsemane is, and those olive trees that existed during crisis time is still there. It is tremendous to be able to uh, see all that and to see the close proximity of uh, the tomb, you know, the garden tomb, and and look and see where he was crucified on Calvary. And uh, what the elder was saying, Golgotha is known as, uh, you know, the, the uh, mountain of the skulls because um, that's where um, it all happened. And, and you see this imagery and this pageantry and, and how uh, we uh, sometimes lose sight because this is so overwhelming at times. But just know that the work was done. None of this that happened with Adam or with the juice, Jesus's crucifixion caught uh, the Godhead by uh, surprise. This was already uh, going to manifest. And when I read Isaiah chapter 51 verse 3, uh, it talked about he will take our wildernesses and he would make it like Eden. And when you see the first Eden where Adam and Eve were, just keep in mind the tree of life always was there. 
and the tree of life is still reigning and the tree of life is there uh, in the book of Revelation. That's what you have to get excited about because when God is on the scene, when the Godhead is on the scene, you need not worry because whatever is meant for bad, they're going to make sure that it's meant for good. You have to understand we as human beings did not become living souls until God breathed into us. So God has started a good work and he's going to finish that good work. But I just want you to be encouraged by the four gardens because they're all different things happening in the garden. And you have to understand your wilderness will eventually be like Eden and uh, Isaiah you have to understand Jesus quoted him quite frequently. So Isaiah was a person who was near and dear to the Godhead and his book has 66 chapters. What does the Holy Bible have? 66 books. You have to see how this thing is all working out. For our good. And then it says that um, the desert that we are experiencing in the wilderness is going to be like Eden. And it is going to be the like the garden of the Lord. Can you imagine the garden of the Lord? Which is the garden that we see in the book of Revelation chapter 22. And it says joy. Joy comes from above. It comes from God. It's not anything like happiness. It's not fleeting. Joy is a supernatural happiness. It comes from God. And nobody can take your joy. And it says gladness will be found. Thanksgiving and the voice of melody. The angels will be singing Hallelujah, 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 holy, holy, holy. Can you imagine that? No curse. The throne is established. We are having face-to-face fellowship as it was designed in the beginning. See, prior to the sin being committed in the Garden of Eden, there was face-to-face fellowship. There was nakedness and they were not ashamed. They were husbands and they were wives and it was a covenant. And he was performing, he being the Godhead, the marriage. That he loved us and cared for us. Our relationship is a choice. We have another caller. We're going to take it at this particular time. Hello, you're on Save the Lost at All Costs, and God bless you. God bless you, babe. <laughs> hey, well, it's good to hear your voice, Minister. How are you, woman of God? Hallelujah, hallelujah. I'm calling to testify to this word that you are teaching and preaching and motivating us by. You know, the scripture says we overcome by the word of our testimony, and you're talking about these four gardens, and you're talking about being in the press and this oil. And, you know, every now and then I call, and I'm crying and whining, and why is God doing this to me, and, and why I got to be the one? Well, let me tell you. 
You talked about how the oil represents the light inside the tabernacle. And the gentleman that just came on, he, he took it to a, a, a place of futuristic. But I want to talk about today and how the press and the oil being used for being in the church. And all this week, and especially last night, I mean, I was in the garden with <laughs> Jesus. Amen. I was I was being crushed. And when I say crushed, you talked about being crushed from the north, east, south, and west. I was I was being crushed. And when I went to church this morning, I declared that the song that I was hearing in the crush was being sung by the choir members. The message that was being preached was the crushing that I was praying all last night and all this weekend. And all I could do was just kind of just laugh and cry at the same time and say, God, you did all of this to get that song. You did all of this to get that preach word. And, and then at the end, people would come to me and say, oh, my God, I, I, something this is about your appearance. <laughs> and I'm thinking, okay, God, this is the word and the theory behind all of this. And you talked about how the son, Jesus, he went and did what the Father said, and in his obedience, it brought suffering. Mm-hmm. And I said, God in heaven, I continue to tell you that I love you, and you say, okay, prove it to me. <laughs> prove it to me. So I just want to testify that the message today is confirming my week my last week, my week before that, my life. Amen. I'm in the press. Amen. And he getting the oil. And one last thing, I went into the family dollar store, and there were these oils. It was only four of them mm-hmm. on, the, on the rack, the kind of oil that you put in like a lamp that you got to turn on, you got to light. Sure. And I'm thinking, why do they have this in this store? Where is the, where is the little lantern's? that you use for this. I didn't see the lanterns. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, and why are they way down here on this bottom shelf? It's only four of them. <laughs> so I walked away, and I had to go back and get them. <laughs> I said, now, God, you know I ain't got no lanterns in here. What would be the purpose? And I sat them on top of this bookshelf, and I kind of just looked at it, and I kept on saying, okay, I must going to need this for the future. So let me go ahead and buy it. So, Amen. yes, I'm getting it in my spirit. And by the way, I, uh, I've been praying, God, I don't want to be torn between two opinions. Do something to my mind and bring it into oneness with this word and help me to stop complaining about the crushing. So to God be the glory. Amen. I'm in the press. Amen. Well, you know what? It, it it takes a radical press to get that oil. I mean, when you look at an olive and you look at its uh, size and to see what it has to go through, you know, there's a pressing, there's a beating, there's a shaking, if you will, in order to get the oil out. And then you have to deal with maturation. You have to get to a position as far as development, spiritual growth, physical growth, in order for you to even be selected to even go through a press. 
Don't make me jump through this phone from over here in Baltimore, Maryland, and start dancing on top of your table. So I, <laughs> you said it takes a beating. A oh pressing God. and a shaking. Are you hearing me? A pressing, a beating, and, and a, a shaking. shaking. And I'm saying, now, God, this lady mean to me all the time, but you can make me go to the store, spend <laughs> my food stamps, and buy her some bread, some meat, and a snack. <laughs> Are you hearing me? And she got a car. And, God, you know I'm trusting you just to get on the bus with my son and for you to pay $8 for me to say to the bus driver. Now, bus driver, for real, though, I don't have no money, but I'm believing in God. And she said, you come on and sit down. But yet the sister with the brand-new car come down the street and say, you know, I only got $4. And I'm thinking, miss. That's the beating. <laughs> That's the prize. And then he said, now go over there to your family. You know they don't like you, but I want you to sit in the mess because she them, they, they want peace and they want love. So I need for you to go over there and mm-hmm. be peace and be love Amen. in the mess. Amen. And take that beating. Amen. Well, we, we see where Jesus was in his prayer. You know, and this was a garden that he went to often and that they prayed with Jesus, the disciples, and then he still would go away to be with his father. So you have to understand that he prayed with them collectively and prayed with them individually. So the thing is, there's a time when we are with each other collectively, then we still got to go pray individually because that's what it takes. And, and, the, and the thing is, he said, could you tarry with me? He took the three, the intersanctum, the ones that he always took. Look, and said, he the- said, but could you just stay awake? <laughs> could you just be with me? And they was tired. So sometimes our folks is tired. Lord, are you preaching again to me today? Is Wasn't that the message today about uh, prayer and the persistence and the petition and the passion, mm-hmm. and the preacher would, and the more he preached, the more I yelled, <laughs> and I think the more I yelled, the more he preached, and he began to say how we don't want to do it because it takes a lot of work. Mm-hmm. It takes a lot of confronting the situation and circumstances of your own soul. Mm-hmm. It takes obedience because when you, when God is trying to get a blessing to your enemy, he's saying, now I need you to pray for your enemy, and you're trying to get that blessing, that prayer blessing out for your enemy that's going to come from a heart of love, a heart of a passion, sure. that, that, that pressing, getting that oil out. Lord have mercy. I know what you're talking about. Well, the thing is, it's easy to pray for people that you like and that you care about and, you know, kind of like fans, if you will. You know, like uh, a lot of uh, people, they have fans. Fans don't necessarily tell you the truth. <laughs> but as soon as something happens, they like, well, oh, well, I guess we got to go find somebody else. To worship, oh. to worship and to hang out with, to get stuff from. So, you know, the thing is, is that if it was easy, then what do you want God to do? 
in order for God to get the glory, there has to be a supernatural action. It has to be no way possible because that is the power of your testimony. There's always a test in the testimony and sometimes there's more money than test, but it has to happen that way. See, you have to understand Mary Magdalene, when she was in the garden, the tomb, the third one that we talked about, and she didn't even recognize Jesus. She thought that he was the gardener. But as soon as she realized who he was, he gave her two things to do. He commissioned her and she had to tell the testimony. See, uh. being commissioned to carry the message and to give your testimony is two different things. And she was the first to do it. Now, a lot of people will say, well, it was Eve's fault uh, in the garden. Well, Eve didn't get the command. And I oh. challenge anybody to show me where Eve got the command because we just went over it uh, in Genesis chapter 2. So she hadn't even been created. It was Adam who got the command. But we understand Eve was beguiled. But her husband was standing right there. So women are easy prey for the enemy. We will not uh, dispute that at all. But Jesus let us know immediately how he felt about women because she was the first to get the commission and the command to testify. There are two different things that are going on here. And you have to understand he had uh, at least uh, 11 disciples because <coughs> we do know eventually there was initially 12, but uh, Judas, we know, betrayed him. So when we look at the cross, at the crucifixion, there was only one standing there, and that's John the Revelator, John the Beloved, if you will. The rest of them, the super-duper older uh, uh, apostles and disciples, they weren't there, okay? So, right, so, right. so, so you got to understand that uh, you're going to be pressed because you were made to be pressed. And God already knows that you can take it because he probably is telling anybody who's coming for you, have you considered my oh. daughter, Susan? I can't now go ahead and press her and see what's going to come out. I'm going to run way over there. I'm going to run over there. So don't be upset when God is pressing you because it's to bless somebody else. Oh, my God. Listen, it was getting so good to me that I was heading down to the altar. Amen. And, 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 and then here come, you know, the people to block you. <laughs> and they were trying to block me. So so I said, all right, I'll, I'll go back around this way. And I was, you know, I was moving and I was moaning and I was moving slowly like a turtle and I was moaning. And I was like, okay, God, okay, okay, okay. All right, do I need to go to the altars or, or can I just let it out right here? And, and before I could say, can I let it out right here, one lady, she started screaming over there on the other side. And I said, okay, God, you got some backup, you got some backup, because they wasn't expecting it from from coming from that side over there. So I'm going to come on back over here. Amen. And, and, and I just kept on saying, all right, I'm in the press, I'm in the press. And the people were looking at me, and, and I wasn't making a lot of noise. Mm-hmm. I wasn't making a lot of noise. My, my tears was coming because the fight just to get up and go. I, I'm fighting just to get up and go. Amen. These people come every single Sunday willingly, happily, and I'm thinking, I, I got to fight 
I had to pull out the change <laughs> and get change to get the cab. And I said, now, God, I, you send me somebody, God. And, and the man said, $4. I had exactly $4 amen. in silver change. Amen, amen. Well, praise God. Well, won't he do it? Did he? Yes, and he and is. And then I came home. Yes. He said, "Now open up your textbook." Now I've been trying to open up this textbook <laughs> all week long, and he said, "Now you're ready." Amen. Now you're ready to eat from that tree. Amen. That living word. He said, "You had to get crushed. You had to get your mind straight. You had to get. You had to get. You had to get all that out Amen. for me now to do what? Partake of them twelve or that tree. Amen. Of the leaves." He said, all right, you can have some now. Come on, you can have some now. You ready. Amen. Well, praise God. We appreciate that testimony, that (laughs) victory, that persistence, that taking it to God boldly. Amen. And seeing him doing his miracles, signs, and wonders. Thank you for your obedience, sis. And somebody is getting blessed as we speak. Thank you. I love you. I love you. I, we love you back. Amen. And give Deacon Samuel my love. Okay. All right. Love you, sis. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Amen. Well, that's what I'm talking about. The garden is happening in the garden. And these are gardens that are designed to get you where you always were supposed to be and to get you to get what you always were supposed to have. Don't be discouraged in this time of confusion. Don't be discouraged in this time of when leaders don't know how to lead. Don't be discouraged when you see health issues happening. Don't be discouraged. Don't waste this opportunity. Whatever your affliction, whatever your addiction, whatever is going on in your life, do not waste this opportunity because you see the garden that was initially Eden has now become the garden of glory. And see, we go from glory to glory. We go from height to height. So it's not Uh, that you're being punished not at all God knows about adversity he knows that it makes patience come and when you find yourself in adversity praise God for it because it means that patience could be allowed to work its perfect thing and when it's allowed to work its perfect thing you lack for nothing See, the thing is, is that you're not a victim, you're a victor because it didn't kill you. If it was supposed to kill you, you would be dead. Trust and believe. God is an intentional God. And if he was trying to call you home, you would be home. Nothing will stop his will. Nothing will stop what he has already spoke into existence. It will manifest. So thank God that you're still here and that you had a test. So now you can testify. You have what is known as a testimony. And some of you need to get a fresh testimony. Don't be afraid to allow God to use you. Like I said, if he wanted you dead, you would be dead. Amen.
So let's get to it. I want to share with you something in the Song of Solomon. A lot of times you don't hear the Song of Solomon, but I want you to hear this and be encouraged by it. And I'm going to give you a little bit about it. So we're going to go to the Song of Solomon. We're going to go to chapter 4, and I'm going to look at verse 12 with you. Again, we're going to the Song of Solomon, chapter 4, and we're going to look at verse 12. Again, I'm in the King James Version, and the Word of God says this, A garden enclosed is my sister, my spouse, a spring shut up, a fountain sealed. Now you have to see this has a lot of commons, commas in it. So again, I am in the King James Version. I went to Solomon chapter, Song of Solomon chapter 4 and I looked at verse 12. So let's break it down. It says, a garden enclosed is my sister and my spouse. How can that be? I am so glad you asked. Now we've been talking about four gardens, okay? So now we have to understand who is Jesus. Jesus is the bridegroom and he's coming for the bride. So this is about a wedding procession. This is about a covenant that that exists when we become into relationship it is a marriage and the bridegroom is going to perform what he is going to do so before you are a bride you are a sister so he loves you as a sister and as a spouse amen you ought to get excited about that because jesus commands a man to love the his wife as he loves the church can you imagine what kind of love that is and we're not talking about a location we're talking about the people that make up the church we're talking about the ecclesia we're talking about the called out ones if you will so jesus commands men to love their wives as he loves the church because he is the bridegroom so that's how you can be a sister and a spouse because it's a wedding procession and before you become a bride you are in the position of a sister we are brothers and sisters to one another then we look at it said before that it said a garden enclosed so back then a king had a special garden that nobody could get to it was protected it was a fortified place it was only for the king's use well I say to you Jesus is the king of kings the lord of lords so in the book of revelation chapter 22 he's talking about his garden his special ones his chosen ones those that he is in relationship with those who are in the Lamb's book of life. You are his garden. You are his best work because he created you. And you existed at first in the Garden of Eden. That's when man first came. That's when woman first came. You are his handiwork. You are his garden. Now, we also want to look at a spring shut up. That is a spring Shut up. A king did not have a spring that anybody could use. It was a private thing. The water in the spring was special. 
and they just didn't have it for any and everybody to get to it. The living water, the word, the spirit, I told you, the Holy Spirit is represented by the water. This is special. That's what that represents. Then we look at a fountain sealed. Again, it's fortified. What is it sealed? It's sealed with his signet. It's, it's sealed with his kingship, with his blood. You have a seal. He is the living fount. Amen. You've been sealed. So when you find yourself in any part of the garden, just know that he represents the finished work, the completed work. So take yourself from an Adam and Eve nature. Get into relationship and receive what he has for you. Don't you want it? Can't you taste it? Can't you see it? It's divine. It's supernatural. It's forever. There's no curse involved with it. He's on the throne. He's waiting for you. You don't want to miss your moment. You don't want to miss your opportunity to partake in the garden that you were always supposed to have. Don't let any demon or devil or a person who has no respect for the things of God tell you that you can't have it. Don't let your past tell you that you can't have it. Don't let anybody cheat you out of your inheritance. I'm inviting you to partake in the garden. Jesus, our Lord and Savior, has done the work. He loves you. He's waiting on you. There's room for you with him. I just need you to receive it and believe it. I have enjoyed my time with you. Know that I love you. And it's always save the lost at all costs with me. We'll see you next week. Love you. Goodbye. It is our humble prayer that the most high God of all creation and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ continues to bless you and yours without cease for tuning in today and supporting this great move of God with your generous donations. Save the Lost at All Costs is a Holy Spirit filled live called in weekly radio ministry that has been airing since 2005 and serving in the greater Las Vegas community. We can be heard every Sunday at 3.02 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on Las Vegas. Vegas's very own Christian Talk radio stations, 1060 AM and 101.5 FM. Also, we are audio and video streamed in real time during our live broadcast at www.kkvv.com and our website, www.savethelostlv.org. If you would like to re-listen to a previous broadcast at no charge, make an online secure donation, or learn more about our ministry, please visit our website at www.savethelostlv.org. If you prefer, you can mail in a donation. Address it to Save the Lost at All Cost, Inc., P.O. Box number 335852, North Las Vegas 89033. Again, our P.O. Box number is 335852, North Las Vegas 89033.
1-800-273-8833. All donations made to Save the Lost at All Costs, Inc. are 100% tax deductible. For more information, please feel free to call or text us at 702-219-6882. Again, 702-219-6882. We would like to thank you again. Remember to remain in Christ, stay prayed up, tune in, and don't forget to save the lost at all costs, no matter what.